So, Mr. Groves, is it true you embezzled $5 million? Wait. <laughs> Bienvenue au podcast des nerds du poisson, les fish nerds. Une conversation intelligente à propos du poisson, de la pêche et comment déguster ton joli poisson. Toujours très intéressant la plupart du temps rigolo et presque toujours vrai. Je suis Véro et voici les Fish Nerds. I'm Dave. And I'm Clay. And anything is a fair game. It's a good bet that you're going to learn far too much about butts tonight on the show. <laughs> far, far. I like big butts and I cannot lie. Yeah. Mm. I, yeah, I can lie. <laughs> Boy, it's going to be upsetting. So if you are, um, if you're afraid of butts, don't like talking about butts, or uh, just are grossed out by butts, you might want to skip to podcast number one fourteen. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's called a buttophobe. Yeah, you're a buttophobia. Right. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. So, uh, but how how's how's life been recently? You know, I this is not fishing really, but I I, uh, I decided this year. Well, three years ago, I tried it. I tried to be a um, a guy who keeps chickens. Oh, you're one of those. Yeah. Guys. Now, three years ago, I tried it, and a bear ate all my chickens the very first <laughs> night they were out in the coop. <laughs> so this year, we bought more chickens. Of course. That way, if the bear eats some, I get leftovers. And <laughs> and I and I was in the store buying my chickens, and they had these baby turkeys, oh, which are so freaking cute. <laughs> they're like they're like little ostriches, like long necks and everything. Oh, they're cute now. Yeah, so I bought I bought six of them. <laughs> and then, wait a minute. So, I, how many birds do you have right now? I have twelve. Okay. So I bought I have ten, ten chickens and two turkeys. Okay. But I bought six of them and immediately gave four away because I knew that if I brought six turkeys home, my wife would uh, have problem with that. <laughs> so, <laughs> but I was shocked. One thing. So chickens are okay. Yeah. And they're like they're like little kids, right? From far away, cute as all get out, right? Yeah. Then you get near them, and they start pooping on you and farting on you and pecking you, <laughs> and they're just stinky and gross. Just, right. Just, like, oh, just like little kids. Now, turkeys are similar, except they're snuggly. Really? Yeah. So, first of all, before they got snuggly, I told the kids, these two turkeys, we're going to eat. <laughs> no, Dad, I don't want to eat them. I'm like, yeah, shut up. We're going to eat them. That's why we buy turkeys. If they don't have a job, they're food. That's the rule. So if they're girls, we don't know yet if they're girls or boys. If they're girls and are laying us eggs, as long as they produce food for us, we keep them alive. Right? So right. I said to them, name the birds after food so that when we eat them, you don't feel so bad. So immediately, you know, my oldest daughter's <laughs> thoughtful and kind and all that, named the most colorful one Cookie, right? That's a nice name. Oh, yeah. And then my six-year-old... Name the other one roast beef, <laughs> which, which slays me. Like, I love it. So I got roast beef. beef the turkey. But every night the kids play with the birds, and the turkeys just want to sit on you and sleep. Really? And they love being petted and snuggled and all that stuff. Nice. It's so weird. It does sound weird. And I've heard amazing things about people, like, raising a whole clutch of turkey eggs, and then they end up being, like— 
their best friends and following them around for the rest of their lives. I, I think it's because they're really dumb. Like they they walk <laughs> around the little the little the little cage, and then they just fall asleep, and their face just hits the, hits the ground. So they just they walk walk walk, and then face on the ground, and they're asleep. <laughs> So not the brightest birds involved, but um, as they get older and I'm learning how to fly fish a little better, I'm going to pull their feathers out and make flies out of them. And that will have you oh, yeah. one job they can have. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, I think there's a bunch of flies you can make with those. I'm that, sure that would it totally work. You know, Sam wants to make pens. Oh, quill pens. Yes. Yeah. Which, right. Very good. Yeah. The, um, you know, I, I, I think you may be, uh, you know, creating vegetarians. <laughs> I might be. <laughs> and certainly just people weepy at Arby's. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm eating roast beef. <laughs> Arby, we got the meat. <laughs> yeah. Roast beef. Uh, so we, I love you. Ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, that's my life right now, Dave. It's a house full of birds. Oh, my God. Your life. I know. Man. I have barely been fishing. <laughs> barely been fishing. How are the bees? I get, I get the bees next week. <laughs> so I start beekeeping next week, yeah. Nice. Mm-hmm. Bear, bears, you, know, you won't have to worry about bears at all with those. Uh, no, no, no. But, uh, I, yeah, for sure. They've already knocked my hives over twice, and there's no bees in them yet. They just know what hives look like. You're like, come on, get these bees I'm, in here. I'm giving beekeeping one shot, and if all my bees die, that's it. I quit. I'm done beekeeping, so I'm not gonna put the. I'm not gonna really put a lot of effort in it. Either, no. either it works or it doesn't. That's it. Can I place bets? Uh, yeah, what you bet? <laughs> one day. Yes, yeah. actually, I bet one day they will have an electric fence around them uh, initially. So all right, two days. All right, uh, <laughs> probably two days. They're probably all gonna die of some bee disease. Well, that's it. I mean, bees are tough to keep anyway. Right. So everyone tells me I'm going to go into bee school. They're like, oh, you got to buy brand new hives. I'm like, I'm not going to pay 300 bucks for free. I got free hives. Yeah. If my they, bees they're... die, they die. Suck it up. They're just insects. Oh, yeah. You're, you're going to be really popular. In that, I am in so that uncool with bee people. So. <laughs> Speaking of uncool, let's start this show. Let's go. Dump the fish nerds. Oh, you know, it's been a long time, Dave. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I've been stumped on, you know, various things. Uh, well, in fairness, the fish nerds spend most of our life stumped. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, but what, what is Stump the Fish Nerds? A stump Fish Nerds is, is basically a, a little bit of a, a uh, ripoff of what Car Talk does about Stump the Chumps. It's a lot of bit of ripoff. <laughs> And uh, basically, you know, we're saying we're all about fish and we know everything. And this is the chance for the listeners to go, oh, yeah, all right, well, how about this? Right. And we got one. Yeah, we do. We got one. And, and if you want to be part of the show, one of the best ways is to call our Fish Nerds hotline. Number is 607-378-FISH, 607-378-FISH. You call, leave us a voicemail, and you get to be part of the show. And we, we love them. So the more we get, the better. There's no such thing as too many calls. Hey, guys. This is Michael Frank in Columbia, South Carolina. I had a question for you for Stump the Fish Nerds. Why is it yellow is such an attractive color to fish? I've fished both bait, lure, and uh, fly 
for many years. And uh, up on Long Island, a lot of people use corn for winter flounder. Uh, people actually think the yellow attracts the flounder, so much so that they'll paint their lead weights yellow to bring the fish over. Um, trout eat corn, it's yellow. Uh, no good reason for that. But so many classic lures are red and yellow, and uh, they catch tons of fish, and even some of the best fishing flies are yellow. So I don't know if there's a que- an answer to that question, but just thought I'd ask it. Thanks very much. Looking forward to your answer. Oh, what, a, what a polite nerd. Uh, yeah, and that's Michael Frank in uh, Columbia, South Carolina. Yeah. I believe Michael Frank is a fishing guide. Okay. I see his name show up on our newsfeed once in a while. And I also believe that he is the amazing James's brother. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. I guess he would be that. Yeah. Uh, I am not 100% sure on that, but that is my belief. The question is, why yellow for fishing lures? Why why would it work at all? And and you referenced the corn, which is kind of another issue I think is is also really fascinating. It, it is. Do you want to take a stab at this? I uh, sure. Yeah, I have a theory sure. also, but I'll let you go first. Oh, okay. Well, good. Um, well, clearly he's right on track with corn uh-huh. being the reason that yellow is so enticing. Mm-hmm. Because fish uh, evolved, many people don't know this, uh, fish evolved as primarily corn eaters. Right. Well, you know, yeah. and, you know, the evolutionary advantage of that is comedy. <laughs> comedy? Yeah. What, what, my kids, my wife doesn't like this, but when we eat corn, I always announce, you know what tomorrow is? And the kids go, corny poop day! Corny poop yeah, day. Yeah, so comedy. <laughs> yeah. Yes, very good. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so uh, yeah, I know a lot. Lot of uh, researchers don't even know this, but uh, corn is a staple way back. And uh, it- well, it had to do with the uh, the floods back in Noah's time. Yeah, back when the, when the fish all had tons of fields of corn to graze on for forty <laughs> exactly. days. Exactly. <laughs> Exactly, and and back then, um, those little those little corn cobs, you know, you get in Chinese food, <laughs> yes. really popular. Which actually, coincidentally, looks a lot like a uh, crankbait. So there you go. There you go. Yeah. Wow, that's good. I was going to go more serious, but I like your answer. Now, what do you think? I think uh, it's not yellow. Mm. I don't think yellow is critical. I think it's contrast. Mm. I think that bright yellow color. You don't see a lot under the water of things that bright yellow color. I see. And I think that contrast. And, and I think red also get, offers that same kind of contrast. So I think it well, has to do with just being, being something you notice. Like, wow, what's that yellow thing? Yeah. <laughs> well, it is interesting when you, when you uh, look at the spectrum of light as it goes through water. And I've seen this where uh, some of the first things I think drop out are the reds, if I remember mm-hmm. right. And so that means the reds aren't even really red once you get down below a certain level. Um, pretty much once the light penetration is, um, you know, we can look this up, but it must be like 10 feet or something. Red just becomes gray. Right. I'm sure there's a whole code system. The other thing it might also be, I really, really want you to think about is it might be something that anglers like to look at. <laughs> and the fish just don't care, uh, which is a very big that's... possibility. I think that's likely, you know, but it is true. One of my favorite lure is a chartreuse uh, Rapala. Is that green? No, chartreuse. I hate that color. I know you hate that color. Is it the word? Uh, It is. It seems snobby. 
Chartreuse. Yeah, I mean, it seems like just like you know, I'm I'm too fancy to say you know olive. Yeah. <laughs> Although olives. I want to I want to adopt a kid and name him Chartreuse. Yeah. <laughs> Where's that kid going to be from, Dave? I don't know. know. That doesn't mean anything. (laughs) Um, So Chartreuse would be would be a good name. But I must say, I love Chartreuse lures, and and he is right that they do tend to outperform. I think um, other lures. But you're right. I mean, if I love it, that's what I'm going to be throwing, and then that's what they'll be eating. So yeah. And with flies, half of fly tying is just to make to fly tires making a piece of art. You know. (laughs) Right. Right. It's yellow because that's what's the thing I had to, to tie. Yeah, and it looks fly. really cool. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I, I don't think the fish necessarily care either. No, um, but we could what, be completely wrong. I mean, there could be a real scientific reason, and maybe one of our listeners will call in and say, "Hey, you guys are dopes." Here's the answer. Oh, I, that would I would love that. I would too. Um, you know, one of the things I always wondered about, and um, do, do you do you remember my crazy eye lure? I, I do remember that. What happened to that thing? <laughs> Oh, I still have oh, it. I love that. It's it's a cheap knockoff of a Rapala, <laughs> and it's got these big googly eyes. They're, they're, not, they're cross-eyed. <laughs> they're cross-eyed, exactly. Uh. It's like when they were making the eyes, they just were like, they didn't care. So it's this really cross-eyed, you know, it looks like the village idiot yeah. of fishing lures. <laughs> Yay, I'm a lure. <laughs> Bye, I'm, oh, I'm going to catch a fish and name him George. <laughs> I'm going to love him and hug him and pet him. <laughs> But my theory, and I love that lure, it works really well. My theory is if you're a fish and you see the village idiot swim by, you're like, hey, there's an easy mark. Right. You it's know? like the weak antelope. I know. It's like, is that a lion? I'm a lion. Are you my mama? <laughs> you want to be friends? <laughs> you got a pretty mouth. Oh, see, there you go. <laughs> Why would you do that? I don't know. <laughs> we were in a perfectly fine vibe. I like to break things. You do. That's why we can't have anything nice. Never. <laughs> All, right. All right. So anyway. anyway, get your questions in to Stump the Fish Nerd, 607-378-FISH, and we will play your voice on our show, Make You Fishy Famous. And if you don't know what Fishy Famous is, that means you're famous with extra stank. So <laughs> you nice. too could be stanky. Divas. Oh, yeah. Big Buck Registry. Uh, take aim outdoors. Carry Z, hunt, fish, travel. Fish nerds. I was going to say that. My favorite <laughs> show. And many more. <laughs> this is on the Outdoor Podcast Channel. You know what? Just go to outdoorpodcastchannel.com. Sign up. You'll love it. Yep. And you get, you know, lots of shows for nothing. Done and done. Overpaid. <laughs> fish in the news i really do i mean gosh the news lately has been so good because of our of our new food news source has been getting better and better yes and you know we're we're trying a new thing because before we would just go out and grab stories and read it off their list but we realized that you know we're losing an opportunity to bring those into our website and put all the funny fish nerd stuff right there, right, right around it all. And also, why should we send people to other news agencies when they're not <laughs> nearly as qualified as we are? 
Well, it, you know, that's actually true. And um, I don't know if you noticed, I started an effing rating. I saw that. <laughs> I like <laughs> it. The effing rating, it's sort of like the terrorist alert, um, <laughs> where you have green, yellow, red. Okay. And um, green is fresh. And it's a picture of a herring, by the way, a river herring. Mm-hmm. And so a green one is fresh. Uh, the middle one, the yellow, is a little smelly. Mm-hmm. And the last one is rotten. Which is red. Which is red. Okay. Exactly. Good. And they're all herring. And, and they're all I herring. I like the rotten right. one's also a red herring. Yeah, seeing that nice. Yeah, did you plant it that Great. way? Is that coincidental? I planted that. Good way. thinking, and you can get all this fish news at fishnerds.com, of course. Yeah, and and, and check it out right there. So uh, what we do is we give it a rating based on how truthful it is or how we like it or whatever. Perfect. So, um, so here you go. This one is on our website. It's entitled "China Dead Fish Story Stinks in More Ways Than One." There's a hole in my heart that goes all the way to China. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> who's, who's by that by? That is uh, Cindy Lauper. Oh, I believe. Very good. I could be wrong. <laughs> you, you, yeah, I'm you likely wrong. wrong. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but this actually this uh, references a story from Esquire. Oh, good, nice men's magazine, and no men's. one knows like fish like a like a men's fashion magazine. <laughs> uh, and their title was "Nothing to See Here: Just 35 Tons of Dead Fish from mm, a Chinese Lake." Delicious. And the reason we gave it a rotten rating, and you're, you're going to have to go on the website to see this, is that they, the lead story is this really sad-looking guy uh, up to his chest in dead fish. He doesn't look that sad to me. You don't think that's sad? No, he looks happy. Mm. He, he's working hard, but he's, he's like scooping the fish out. He's like, I'm going to feed a whole bunch of people. No, he does I not look I am like just that. like Jesus. I have taken the <laughs> fish and made millions. <laughs> So the story says this poor guy is stuck because all these dead fish showed up in China. Well, it turns out that picture was taking was taken uh, about six or seven years ago from a completely different lake. And because I'm a fish nerd, you can notice that the fish that he's pulling up in the net do not match the fish species that was cited in the story. Yeah, that I can tell right away. Yeah. Like they're not even close. <laughs> not even close. And the ones that are in the picture appear to be dead for at least a week. Mm-hmm. And he's got and, fresh fish in the in the uh, net. Yeah, and and well, and then all the fish that are being pulled out of this other Chinese lake were all were all fresh. So, real quick, in the in our stories, we always pull out the the parts we like. But this was in a lake called Hongchen Lake in Haiku, uh, China. Oh, 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 oh! Let's make a haiku about dead fish. <laughs> you can't do that on the spot. I can't. So no. it's what five seven five, right? Yeah. So. China dead fishy. That's five. Right? Yeah. I'm going to do seven. Fake story stupid <laughs> Esquire. That's seven. Right? Yeah. And then yeah. uh, i got to do five more. Yeah. Boy. All right. Effing rotten stuff. There it is. There you go. There it is. Haiku. You're welcome. I'll be darned. On the spot. <laughs> Terrible. <laughs> I, so real- I hate poetry. <laughs> well, it hates you. It does. <laughs> <laughs> the feeling's mutual. <laughs> um, uh, real quick, these fish were swimming in a tidal river, and they got sucked up by a pumping station wow. on this river. And they got all blown up into a lake that, that is fresh water. So these poor saltwater fish, these herring, were uh, kicked up in fresh water, and they all keeled over, dead. I, well, 
Wait, but they're herring. Yeah, so but you can't just drop them in fresh water right then. They, and there. they need some transitional time. Yeah. Right. And uh, according to our Google machine, as we were looking around, we think they're Richardson's sardinella. I believe you. Yeah, you should. <laughs> um, so some of our favorite quotes out of here. The fish were uh, incinerated by the locals so so people wouldn't sell them at the market. That's reasonable. I, I guess that's reasonable. I if I buy it, though. <laughs> <laughs> well, how bad is your market that they can go? Hey, we got a special on fish day. Really? Really? <laughs> I'm surprised. But, 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 you know, a lot of cultures serve rotten fish. Well, that is true. It's not unheard what, of. What are some, Clay? I don't know. I watched uh, that TV show where he eats weird food all the time. And he, I remember traveling around eating some rotten stuff. I have no idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I have heard that as well, and um, and maybe it's just a thirty-five ton barbecue that that they were getting ready to do. Get the rotisserie out. <laughs> we're not incinerating them. It's it's a barbecue. Yay! <laughs> um, I just think it's funny that you know China's well known for its air quality issues, right? <laughs> and it's like you know instead of turning them into fertilizer, or they look pretty fresh. You probably could have sold them. Um, they decided to burn them. Add, add to the smog. Mm-hmm. But what, yeah, what a must, delicious smell. Yeah, must be lovely <laughs> yeah. to live next to that. God. What are they burning today? Smells like 35 tons of dead fish. Well, it's it's so funny because like, I don't travel out of the country very often, uh-huh. and I don't want to. And I see pictures <laughs> like this, and I'm like, yeah, that's why I stay in New Hampshire most of the time. <laughs> why, why, why would, would anyone go, go anywhere? Yeah. yeah, you know, that's a good point. But, uh, yep, tons of dead fish. If anybody is around uh, any of the herrings, I know I grew up and we had gizzard shad, which are in the herring family. Those puppies would die at a temperature change. Mm-hmm. And uh, in the spring, you would always get thousands and thousands of these bellied up. Um, and, you know, it, it would look like these pictures, actually, in certain spots. So uh, do, you, do you ever encounter those kind of big fish kills with herring? You know, I haven't. Mm-hmm. Outside of my realm of fishy knowledge there. Oh, well, there you go. There it is. Well, you heard it here first. <laughs> Clay doesn't know herring. <laughs> He's hard of herring. Ha, what? <laughs> I'm, I'm done with that story. Yeah, God. <laughs> All right, next news story. This is entitled on our site, These Fish Fancy a Backdoor Bungalow. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this is terrible. This is terrible. <laughs> this did, you, did you write that headline? <laughs> I did. Oh, my God. <laughs> Um, this comes from uh, Nat Geo, a story that says how this fish survives in a sea cucumber's bum. Mm, yep. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so basically, this story talks about a species of fish called a star pearl fish. Uh-huh, chocolate star pearl. That lives in uh, tiger sea cucumber's anus. Ah, good times. Yeah. This fish knows how to party. So let me just run down some of our favorite quotes from this story. Okay, I'm loving this. Okay, so quote, a slender eel-like fish swam out of the sea cucumber's anus. So so you get that. And, you know, I always try to write jokes with all this. Yeah. If I had a nickel for every time I heard that. You'd have what? A nickel. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's not a very good joke. 14 pearl fish had evicted. Evacuated the animal's bum. That's what is evacuated. Yeah, evacuate. Oh, yeah, you're right. <laughs> I'm, I'm here to help. Thanks. Yeah. I talk good. Yay. <laughs> um, 
14 pearl fish had evacuated the animal's bum. Another one stayed inside. God. How they knew the other one was inside, I don't know. I, oh, that wasn't your joke? No. no. <laughs> Actually, I'm going to stop the joke. I was so like, I, I don't I'm, get it. Don't... <laughs> I'm just going to read from these. You, all don't, right? you don't need to add stuff to this. <laughs> I know. This one's, this one's gold as it's, is. It's perfect. This way it is, yeah. Trivia. Sea cucumbers breathe through their anuses. Is that true? That is true. It's right there wow. in the story. My, my, this is really funny. I was at a board meeting the other night. I'm going to break <laughs> off here with my six-year-old. Uh-huh. And I, I lost funding for one of my programs I run. Oh, so, yeah, $60,000. And I'm, so I'm telling people, okay, we don't have funding. We'll be cutting some jobs next year. People in the room are crying. It's, it's kind of quiet in the room. My daughter's got headset on, and she's using my iPod. <laughs> she lifts her leg up and just goes. <laughs> and everyone stops talking just for a second and looks at her. Now, she's six and cute and all that. She doesn't look up from the computer, doesn't stop what she's doing, lifts her leg up again, and then just rips it again. And then it stops, and then... And it goes on and on and on. Like three or four minutes, just farting, and she never stopped looking at the iPod. It was crazy. And then, of course, we're all laughing hard. She had no idea. And now, it was a very serious meeting. Part of me was embarrassed. Most of me, very proud. You know. I, I, will, I will teach her the finer points of crop dusting at, when she's older. Like, at wow. eight. When she's eight. Yeah. That is awesome. You know, you should bring her anytime you have bad news at a meeting. I know. I got some terrible news, but I got a really cute kid who's gross. You're welcome. <laughs> Anyway, so reminding me of breathing through her anus. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. I could just see you at the congressional hearings. Uh, so, Mr. Groves, is it true you embezzled $5 million? Wait. <laughs> yeah, it's gold. Yeah. All right. Very good. Real, so back to the life, story. It's real life. <laughs> That's awesome. I love that story. Um, sea cucumbers have a lung-like structure called a respiratory tree in their bum. Sounds uncomfortable, <laughs> but a little intriguing. I don't, I'm not going to lie to you. <laughs> a respiratory tree. <laughs> yeah. You know, swinging on the tire swing of the respiratory tree. <laughs> um, some species, quote, of sea cucumbers... Um, are used as shelters by the pearlfish. Okay. Okay. All right. But one species of pearlfish are parasites, and they devour their host gonads from within. Excellent. <laughs> All right. Isn't that a lovely house guest? It is the worst kind of house guest. I've had that kind of house guest. Bad. Just bad. Talk about overstaying your welcome. That's it. If my gonads are gone, you're out. <laughs> That's where I draw the line. I'll put up with farting and all kinds of terrible stuff, but you devour my gonads. Goner. Yeah. This is why you don't invite people to your house ever, right, Dave? It's just, That's right. I, well, it's my gonads. I have, I have gonad anxiety. <laughs> you know, you never, you never can tell. Never can be too sure. <laughs> um, so... They were they were interested because normally they just go they they go into the anuses sing, in a singular fashion, but they had fifteen mm-hmm. 
in this one. So they 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 thought it was probably some reproduction thing. Mm-hmm. So the guy is actually quoted. The researcher is saying. Um, it, it, there must be an orgy taking place inside that sea cucumber. This researcher was having way too much fun. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, the story goes to talks about how they how the pearlfish actually gets in the anus mm-hmm. of the sea cucumber, mm-hmm. and they says, "Well, why doesn't the sea cucumber just clinch up?" Right, right, <laughs> right. Well, if you breathe through your anus, mm-hmm. you're basically holding your breath when you clinch up. Oh, <laughs> so every time you take a breath. One can get in. That's right. Right. And apparently they can get in a little bit, and then they stop, and then they get in a little bit and stop and get, you know, like that. Wow. But 15 (laughs) is a lot. (laughs) 15 is a lot. (laughs) You imagine like a line of them. Okay, I'm next. No, I'm next. (laughs) All right. So here's a twist for you. Uh Sea cucumbers produce bitter toxins called saponins that punch holes in small Punch small holes in the membranes of cells. Okay. Right. And that also means all the cell fluid to leak out, all the. You know, yeah. Yeah. Totally nasty toxin, right? Mm-hmm. And so fish should be really susceptible to that, right? I, because I they would have, expect that, yes. Yes, because their gills are exposed to the water and, mm-hmm. yeah, it should just destroy them. Pearl fish can survive up to something like 25 times longer or 45 times longer than any other fish. The way they do it. <laughs> Is the secret is mucus. Oh, good. <laughs> and quote, the mucus helps to lubricate them on their way into their hosts, <laughs> but it also acts as a physical barrier against the toxins. Oh, there's so many things in my <laughs> head right now that I want to yell out. <laughs> I want to yell, just spit in your hand. <laughs> but I'm not going to do that. Don't do that. Nope. Don't do that. <laughs> no. There's lots of things you should not do. Nope. Not going to do it. With that little bit of information. Yeah. Wow. Um, God, I'm just holding back, Dave. <laughs> but that that's how the pearlfish gets in. Wow. That's go. fantastic. And they call yes. the home an anal abode. <laughs> yes, what, they do. What else could they call it? I know. A bum, it's, it's an bungle, anal bum, bum bungalow? Or just a well, just right. a bungholio, bungholio. I don't know. How I said, what else? Well, so all I have left are are my taglines that I was testing out before the the, the bungalow. <laughs> so it's a bed and breakfast uh-huh. for fish, right? Yeah, in the worst kind of way. It really is. <laughs> so other titles would be um, a guest junk in the trunk. Uh huh. <laughs> a trooper in the pooper. Oh, I like that one. A sightseer in the rear. God. A stranger in the brown manger? Uh, I'm liking this less. <laughs> what else, you got any more? That's it. Holy smokes. <laughs> well, you can share your uh, fish-living <laughs> butthole analogies with us at fishners.com or on our Facebook page. Tell us, tell us what fish you would want in your butt. No. No, don't, don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> But, um, yeah, actually, yeah, don't comment on that. Once again, Dave, two weeks in a row, we've gone too far. (laughs) This is not Geo. This is not my fault. Right, right. From the people who brought you ice holes. (laughs) Yeah, right. Exactly. So next time anyone thinks, oh, it's not Geo, it's classy, it's real, the real deal. You know what? No. 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 Just not. And that's Fish in the News. Wow. (laughs) 
Hey, Clay. Hey, Dave. I need to cleanse my brain. Oh, the, this is this is the perfect segment to cleanse. All right. This is entitled "Funny as a Crutch." Okay. And you know what that phrase means, right? No. I was hoping oh, you'd to help say, me with this. They used to say that on Happy Days all the time. Yeah. Be like, "Yeah, funny as a crutch, Rich." Really? Kind of thing. Yes. I recall watching Happy Days, and the only word, line I can remember from the whole show is "a." That's it. <laughs> Really? You, you don't remember any of that other stuff? Chot, uh, Joni loves Chachi? Well, I know I remember that spinoff show, uh-huh. but I no. Yeah. yeah. Well, they did say funny is a crutch, and it basically means, hey, you know, that's not funny. Because <laughs> crutches aren't funny. Excellent. Perfect for our show. Yeah. Our show and- is funny as a crutch. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> if you think broken um, legs are funny, you're going to love this. Well, and I, I threw this, you know, you mentioned the, the comedy cl- – palate cleanser mm-hmm. and i threw this in because it's absolutely not funny but it's it's kind of critical for fish nerds i think okay so this comes from uh what is it liest.com um and the title reads extremely rare fish found dead after drunk idiots vandalized death valley national park so what happened is three guys go out to Death Valley. Do you know what the Death Valley National Park is well known for? Uh, it's it's between mountains. It's low and things die in it. <laughs> That's exactly right. Mm-hmm. Except Devil's Hole Pupfish. Oh. It is the only location that the Devil's Hole Pupfish exists. And on that spot is a 500-foot deep pool. Oh, by the way. Uh, see cucumbers, butts. I'm now calling the devil's hole. <laughs> I'm just saying. Okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, well played. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you must have planned this. <laughs> yeah, I guess I, I sort of maybe did. Um, so this this pool in the middle of the desert that's 500 feet. Do you, I mean, have you got your head around that? 500 feet? That is super deep. Super How deep. many leagues is that? <laughs> It's a lot. Now, I don't a know. league is the distance that a person can walk in a day's time. No, it's not. Is it six feet? What? It's six feet, I think. No. Yes. Really? League equals, oh, no, you're right. It's 5.5 kilometers. Right. All right. Uh, I don't know. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> now I've lost my A nautical league is 3.45 miles. Oh, okay. Which is a, which is one kilometer? No, three. It's I don't know what this is. <laughs> focus, focus. Man. All right, five. This is a serious story. All right, back to it. All right. So the reason the Devil's Hole pupfish that lives in Devil's Hole, that is this pool in the middle of the desert in Death Valley, is because there's only 115 existing anywhere. Really? That's it. Someone's got to get a tractor and dig more holes. <laughs> And there, there's a bunch of reasons why these fish can only survive in this area. They only actually live in the top part of that pool. Uh-huh. So it's not like they go down 500 feet and come back up. They just live at the very, very top. They, they look kind of like mama chogs kind of thing. So they live in a 500-foot hole, but only in the, sha- in, the, in the top. 
Exactly. So does the depth of the hole have anything to do with their life? Um, not really. I mean, it must have something to do with the chemistry and all because, and this story doesn't say it and maybe Fishners could chime in. I don't know if they've been able to successfully house them anywhere else in the world. I don't think so. I don't think they've been able to breed them in captivity. I, I could be wrong on that. We have to get but, uh, Doc Martin on this one. Yeah, I, I did. I did read stories about the devil's hole pupfish a while back, and it was a fascinating. It's like they feed; they're exclusively feeding on like algae and and some of the things that only exist on the sunny side of this pool. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so it's like not even always available. Mm -hmm. um, and I and the numbers have dropped at times, way way low, like like you know under fifty, um, and. I, I remember reading that one year the population was really bad because a bird died and fell in the water. So is it and possible that some animals aren't meant to keep going? Well, that is a very good question. But this is, um, you know, part of a um, Endangered Species Act. And one of the reasons they try to have a lot of security around this place is because locals – like they they have a restriction on how much water you could draw out of the area because of this because of this um, pupfish, mm -hmm. and they're worried that somebody's going to bring like a jug of chlorine and wipe them all out. Well, it wouldn't take much. It would take a jug of chlorine, right? <laughs> so that's that's all it would take. Wow. Um, so anyway, this story goes into remember funny as a crutch, right? Right. Um, so these three drunk guys they got them on video. And they uh, they break into the place, and uh, one of them goes skinny dipping in Devil's Hole. Uh oh, uh oh. And uh, one of them died. One of the uh, one of the fish died. They think he, they he probably stepped on it. Oh, wait a minute. <laughs> Your, a hole is five hundred feet deep. Yeah. Stepping on a fish, there's nothing under your feet. Well, it's not a complete like it's not a straight down hole. Oh, I'm, I'm imagining just a straight hole. No, no, no. They're shallows. Okay. And so the fish and are in the shallows of this hole. They're not just sitting in the top of the, they're not just on the top of the water in the middle. Yeah, no. It's like a beach kind of thing. You can, yeah. you can well, imagine. You know, uh, yes. All right. So they caught these three guys. What happened? They didn't catch these three guys. Oh. So these three guys broke in, vandalized the place, swam around naked. Uh, they got them on video. And then they left. So then the National Park Service said $5,000 reward if you could help us figure out who these jerks are. $5,000? $5,000. It was my best friend. <laughs> you would turn me in for $5,000. In a second. <laughs> Not yeah. that I'm your best friend, but you, might, you would just turn me in. <laughs> you're, all, you're all I got, Dave. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, but but there you go. It. The follow-up to the story is that the... Money was raised up to fifteen grand. Holy smokes! By the Center for Biological Diversity. Right, so no, I wouldn't turn you in right away. <laughs> I'd hold out for more. <laughs> hold out for more. Yeah. Wow. And they announced that they they were able to identify them once the bigger reward happened. Well, duh. They did. They did not say they got them though. They just know who they are. Huh. Yeah. Very curious. Yeah. I, Isn't that I, interesting? Yeah. And gosh, I mean, how do you feel about? So, like, I'm a big fan of, like, protecting species and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. But if you're a species that's not evolved to be on the planet anymore, you just don't match anything, maybe it's time to go. <laughs> well, what's interesting here... <laughs> They're not going to back me on that. 
I'm not. I'm not because uh, I, I'm not sure where I land on that either. Yeah. Um, according to Wikipedia, the fish is described as the world's rarest fish and possibly evolved only a few hundred years ago. So it's new and it sucks at life. <laughs> yes, it does. And it hasn't had much practice. Right. Exactly. So maybe it's going to evolve further. And there are other pupfish that decided to live in the in the desert. Uh-huh. And they're not as rare, but they're, they're pretty damn rare. Mm. Yeah. Curious. Yeah. So there, there's a whole thing. You know, we'll get the doc on this because there's a whole bunch of stuff that she should research and, and report back on, I think. Because uh, it's it's pretty interesting. Yeah. I got a lot of questions. Yeah. One one of the things in Wikipedia here is many as 80 fish, one-third of the population in existence, was destroyed during the summer of 2004 when a flash flood pushed a quantity of uh, – quantity of, I assume, water. <laughs> oh, no. Scientific equipment. Oh. <laughs> pushed it into the hole. What? Yeah. <laughs> so the scientists monitoring this stuff – Killed the, a third of them. Oh, those dicks. <laughs> But they right. killed it for science. I'm like John, John James Audubon. <laughs> yeah, they, they left it on the edge of the hole, and the stuff fell in and because uh, of these floods, and it killed a third of the population. Oh, they must have felt terrible. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no kidding. So we're, we're learning about the, uh, the species of concern, the pupfish. Whoops. Endangered. Endangered. Oh, got it. <laughs> <laughs> In 2007, between 38 and 42 fish were left in Devil's Hole. Wow. That's crazy. I know. Um, but now it's up to 150. I'm sorry, 114 now. Wow. They need to figure that out. Yeah. Isn't that amazing, though? And, and like I said, we'll have the doc on this, but it's really, really interesting. Now, there must the, be the predation most... in there somewhere, right? No, they're the only things there. The only thing living in there, they're algae eaters. Yeah. Nothing eats them. Nothing eats them. Nothing can get to them. What? Do they reproduce like sharks and have like one baby at a time? I don't know what their reproduction is. Well, all right. So in 2000. Like a whole bunch of eggs. Well, in 2007, there was 38 and 42 fish were left in the uh, devil's hole or, you know, somewhere between 38 and 42. And I think when the numbers get that low, they don't even look at them. They, they don't even get people around it. Right. Because it's just way too low. Um, but then it says the Devil's Hole pupfish count rose in the autumn of 2008 to 126. Spawning season. Spawning season. That's right. Yep. And uh, there's, there's been a uh, first steady increase in more than 10 years of that w- up to 126. So. Hmm. Amazing. I don't get it. Yeah. I mean, it's just something barely, barely holding on. It is. But, you know, maybe something will happen environmentally and all of a sudden they'll just take off. Right. I mean, either they're going to they're going to win big or lose big very soon. Well, what what'll be interesting if climate change happens and everything becomes the climate of the, you know, the uh, dead um Death Valley. Mhm. And then they totally win because everything else dies. Perfect. I'm going to drive my truck twice to work every day. Just going to do two laps. Save the pupfish. Uh, just driving around the block. Why are you cruising around the block? Sir? Nope. Saving pupfish. That's what I'm doing. I'm just saving the fish. Let's take the long way today. So there is the uh, I'm first installment. I'm all my energy from coal. Save the pupfish. First installment of Funny as a Crutch. Yeah, I, totally. Yeah, boy. 
I don't think I like that fish. <laughs> you, you would be one of the drunk people out there. I can just see you get a couple whiskeys in you, and you're like, ah, oh, damn uh, uh, But I would not skinny dip because I'm a never nude, and so that's not, <laughs> not even in the conversation. Even when I'm drunk. <laughs> yeah. yeah, not going to happen. Nope. Okay. Yeah. Moosehead Lake. Oh, is it named that because of the shape of it? Oh, that's a really good question. I'm not 100% sure. Yeah. You know, you mentioned Moosehead Lake, though, and people in this neck of the woods go, ah, oh, Moosehead. You ever been there? Yeah. Ha- have there? you ever been there? No. No. There. It's far. It is far from where we're at. It's yeah. five hours, right? It is five hours. Yeah. It's a long, long way. It is. Um, but people, it, I, I call it a name brand fishery. It is. It's, it's the equivalent, uh, if you're in Maine, if you're in New mm-hmm. Hampshire and you say Lake Winnipesaukee, people know it. Mm. If you're talking Maine, you say Moosehead, people know it. People know it. Yeah, that's exactly right. And, you know, we are preparing for a trip in three days, two days. Saturday, yeah. Holy Saturday, yeah. yeah. And uh, we're headed up there. And um, I know one of the things you asked was that you said, oh, should we podcast tonight or should we really prepare for the weekend? And I'm like, ask her it. Let's <laughs> let's podcast tonight. Preparing is for experts. We're not. Done. I have a sea cucumber anus story. We got to go with that. Really important story. Yeah. <laughs> um, but on, uh, I figured let's kill two uh, two birds with one stone on this. Absolutely. One. We're, yeah. So Moosehead so Lake. Let, let, let's talk a little about Moosehead Lake. Sure. So I have Wikipedia, which really is the only reason, the only information source anybody ever needs. Right. I think. And did you know Moosehead Lake is the largest lake in Maine? Yes. And it's the lar- <laughs> it's the largest mountain lake in eastern United States. Really? Yes. So a mountain lake means a lake in the mountains. I, 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 okay, fair. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. But that means it must uh, be like really deep cliffs under the water. Yeah, I think so. Like I imagine yeah. like just you're talking. Oh, that's pretty great. Yeah. And the lake is the source of the Kennebec River. Mm-hmm. So that's where the Kennebec starts. And uh, the towns that border it include Greenville. Eh, who cares? Rockwood. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Uh, there are over 80 islands in the lake. Wow. Cool. Yeah. Very good. And uh, the area has been the focal point of a controversy surrounding planned large-scale commercial development. Right. Because it's pretty much wilderness all around it. And they want to put all these big hotels and stuff up. Yeah. So there you go. Wow. There you go. And we're going to be there. Yeah, so we should ask, hey, I ought to put a house over there. Yeah. <laughs> well, we're going to be talking with someone from the Chamber of Commerce, and we're going to be talking with a historian. And so we have a lot of stuff to talk about there. So, Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Uh, there's a 700-foot cliff on one of the shores of Moosehead Lake. Cool. 700 feet. Cool. There's also, I don't know if it's on Wikipedia, but there's also tons of steamboats sunk in the lake. Really? And there's a big movement right now to decide whether they want to raise them or not. And so there's like a scuba team who goes down and they count them and they take pictures of them and all kinds of stuff. Wow. That, that's not in Wikipedia. Wikipedia is just kind of focusing on geography and those kinds of things. Um, I mentioned this and a guy at work who's one of these guys that does everything. You know, you, you talk to this guy and he's like, oh, yeah, you know, and he always has done something so much cooler than what you just did. Like the other day I said, oh, I went to my, you know, retention pond in the industrial park and I caught a bunch of pumpkin seeds. 
He's like, oh, yeah, I, I went to the Kachiko River and caught, you know, five-pound brown trout on a fly rod there. I'm like, yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> um, but I mentioned Moosehead Lake, and he goes, oh, have you ever been up there to the big mountain? Katahdin? Uh, I don't know if it's Katahdin. He thought it was – he mentioned some other mountain. Uh-huh. And I'm like, uh, no, 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 never been there. And he goes, well, on that mountain – and he said World War II. No, it wasn't even World War II. But at one point, a airplane, a bomber, crashed into the mountain. And it had a, a uh, an atomic weapon on it, like a, a, like a nuclear warhead on it. And uh, he said you could still climb up the mountain and see the wreckage, but they, they already they took the warhead out. That's cool. Are you, yeah. are you planning on climbing that mountain? No. No. <laughs> I'm going to take his word for it. I believe him. That's a cool story. Of of course, he has climbed the mountain. And seen it. Yes. Yeah. Cool. But the lake is 40 miles long and 10 miles wide at its widest. Cool. It's a very long, narrow. Average depth? What do you think? Average? Yep. 50 feet. Hmm. Good on you. 55 feet. Yeah. I mean, I imagine that max is it's got to be like 300 feet somewhere, but... There's lots of shallow spaces too, right? So, right, 246 feet is its max. That's pretty deep. Yeah. How long does water sit in the lake before it goes out the Kennebec River? Jeez, I haven't. There must be a million years. Three years. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So. I love this game. <laughs> a bazillion. <laughs> All right, maybe maybe we'll stop. That's a good idea. But anyway, um, the uh, the tourism board has invited us to come out, and we're going to be doing some fishing and telling stories, and they'll be sponsoring an episode of the Fish Nerds podcast all from Moosehead Lake. So should be a lot of fun. Should be a lot of fun. And I was thinking we have to be careful not to get wrapped up into the fishing. And, at, you know, we should probably set up like a little sound studio in one of the cabins. Um, well, because we're gonna we're gonna need to focus. Maybe we'll 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 have to talk about this. What do you mean maybe? Well, because I I want the experts on the boat with us, and I wanted to interview them while we're fishing. I know, but when has that ever really really worked, Dave? We're getting paid to go fishing. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying to get the good footage, to get the good quality stuff. It never works to try to fish and do that. Okay, fair enough. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about this off the show. <laughs> yeah, all right, fine. Maybe we do both. <laughs> Maybe we do both. Yeah. And, and it's made, we may get so much stuff we do two episodes, but we'll have to see. Oh, we're going to do a lot of episodes. Five episodes. <laughs> we're going to do a 52, a full week, a full week, a full year <laughs> on, the, on the lake. We do need to follow it, it, up in the winter and go ice fishing there. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, that would be fun. Yeah. Cool. Okay. So uh, tune in next week where we get more Moosehead Lake stories. Perfect. Hiya! Hiya! Challenge accepted. Da 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 where have you ever heard of the banana okay, dance? Okay, if you ever, on the internet, Google the banana dance by Chris Elliott. Okay. And back in the 80s, early 90s, Chris Elliott, one of my favorite comedians, was on, uh-huh. 
on the Letterman show, and he would do the banana dance. And he would just dance around a pile of bananas going, da da Banana. And I taught my kids the banana dance so they can't eat bananas without singing that song. So That's awesome. All right. I will definitely have to bring a banana when I see your kids. I will teach it. Yeah, they'll teach it to you. For sure. Yes. Yeah. Very nice. Yeah. But but the reason I'm singing that is in April, we were challenged by the FN West. Well, we challenged them to mm. catch fish using banana, any part of the banana. Yes. How did you do with that? I went out and tried once. Now, the problem was we, we foolishly made the challenge in uh, April. Right. I'm convinced May and June, no problem. Right, but April was really tough, and that's that's the last excuse I'll give. Yeah. Um, but I so I got a banana out, and I, I thought I could do sort of a sluggo vibe, sure, and see if I could pull in a largemouth bass. Turns out I can't. Yeah, I also mm-hmm. I tried fishing for trout with a banana peel, and mm-hmm. I got you can I could place I was fishing they would chase it, but they wouldn't commit and bite it. So I also failed. So here's a question. One of the things I had, remember those, um, I had an idea. You know those little bananas that show up at, in the grocery store that are yes, like Yes, the banditos. Yeah, exactly. uh, I made that up. They're not called banditos. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, when I first heard this challenge, I was like, oh, I could put one of those on like a MEPS spinner. Yes. Right? Yes. And it would be perfect. Yes. But here's a question for you. Mm-hmm. Could I use a treble hook on that? No. Why not? It's bait. Really? So what is the definition of bait? Oh, so does bait require it to be actual meat or is a vegetable or fruit or, in the bear's case, an herb count as bait? That's a right. good. Or is it any organic material? In that, If it's organic material, that means you couldn't use a wooden lure. Right. Right. All right. As a fishing guide in, tra- in training, I will vet this question and report back. Oh, please do. And also chime in with uh, gulp kind of lures. Is that bait? What do you mean? So, you know, gulp and Berkeley uh, power bait lures and those kinds of things? The lures or the actual gooey stuff you stick to the hook? The lures. Hmm. So these are the scent impregnated plastics. Uh, Yeah, that to me seems like just a lure. Okay. I I wouldn't be shocked to see bait having a definition of, like, attaching to a hook. Whereas, like, if the body of the lure, see, if you look what's dangling on a hook versus what's on, what's on the body of the lure. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I'm curious. I don't know. I'm going to find yeah. out. All I'm right, going to report back. But anyway, we right. failed. F and West killed <laughs> this. Killed us. Oh, they crushed us. They did. Yeah. But uh, they, they killed us, like, right away. I think Amazing James, two or three days after the, the challenge was issued... Uh, had something they called a jack smelt or something yeah, like that, he, wasn't it? Yeah, he cut his banana peels to look like a sea worm. Oh, they were really good. Yeah, too. and he went out immediately and caught jack smelt. Yeah, yeah. it was insane. Which don't look like smelt at all. <laughs> no, no, they don't. But, uh, and then he also caught something, oh, a shark. Yeah, although I, I wouldn't give credit for that so much because he had a piece of banana on with a piece of squid. Well, I would give it credit because bananas are well-known as bad luck. True. We did disprove that. And he also yeah. had a great shot. Uh, he also taped banana to the fishing rod, and I mean, it was cool. Yeah, exactly. I, so I, I would give it to If it was close and, like, we had caught fish and he had caught fish and we were debating, okay, who caught more, who did better, I wouldn't. I'd be like, nope, can't count it. 
But right. since we lost anyway, who cares? Yeah, of course we'll count it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, well done, fellas. Yeah. Nicely done. And so we 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 didn't get them on to do this, but they they brought up a new challenge to us. Yeah, we we tried to get them on the phone, but our audio crapped out. So no, uh, we no, apologize. it wasn't our audio. <laughs> it, it's you know the amazing James ain't so amazing sometimes. <laughs> I'm just saying. Not an amazing sound guy. I'm no, just I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Say, yeah. <laughs> Uh, but anyway, I yes. I don't know how For, to work Skype. <laughs> His words, not mine. Yes. Yeah. So anyway, so we weren't able to get it, but we'll tell you. We'll tell you. We'll translate what their challenge is for May. Yeah, and and uh, listeners, you guys can participate in this challenge for the rest of the month. You guys can play along at home. <laughs> right. Yeah. What, and so challenge? this challenge, <laughs> this challenge is uh, they've deemed it the salvage challenge. Right. The F and salvage challenge. F and salvage challenge. So what what the task is, is you have to go out and catch a fish using only the crap that you find on the shore of your favorite fishing spot or a fishing spot. So, you know, all those tangles of lines and lures in the trees and the bobbers and all that stuff. The job is to. See if you could. This sort of has a survivor kind of. Vibe oh, I kind of like it. So you collect a bunch of crap. Yep. Tie it to like a willow branch or something. Exactly. Catch a fish. Yeah. You're not allowed to bring you your own gear. You're not allowed to bring your own gear. No. And so then it, it becomes really interesting because now you're looking for spots that have a lot of people that have you know lots of junk laying around. You know, I, I can't wait to catch the fish with the junk, and then I'm just going to throw all the gear back in the water. Aha, for the next guy. <laughs> no, I'm not littering. I'm putting it back. That's right. It's I'm not littering. Leaving no additional trace. <laughs> That's right. It's a net, net zero gain. Right. Now, it's more challenging for me than for you guys <laughs> because I live in the White Mountains and I fish in places where there ain't much around. Right. That is true. Yeah. And, and you have a lot of snooty fly fishermen that like would, would as soon die rather than leave a bunch of gear laying around. We assume. And that could be arranged. <laughs> so anyway, uh, we lo- we're, stay tuned for updates on the salvage challenge. And feel free to play along and share some good fishing videos up with you finding gear, catching fish with it, and putting it up on our Facebook page. Yeah, yeah. fun, fun, fun. Fun. And what's the prize for winning this? Uh, you know, it's bragging rights. Bragging rights. All right. And by the way, the entire F nerds, F nerds, <laughs> Fish Nerds Nation is, is in on this. So let's play. So that is it. That's it. <laughs> Damn you, it. <laughs> we're done. I quit. You have listened to a couple of Fish Nerds when you really should have been fishing. Yeah. We'd like to thank our families for supporting us while we podcast, go on fishing quests, and do all sorts of silly things, and we do mean silly, that (laughs) middle-aged guys do. If you would like to support the Fish Nerds, go to patreon.com, search for the Fish Nerds, and give us a dollar for each show. A special thanks to... Really, nobody at this stage. Yeah, right? you know what? Yeah, screw everybody. <laughs> screw everybody. We're not thanking let's, nobody. Let's thank Michael Frank for calling in with a stuff oh, the fish nerds go. question for us. Yes, we'll 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 thank Michael Frank absolutely. Right, the best and... rest of you bastards, call in. <laughs> God, <laughs> wrong with you? It's so easy. And until next time, follow the code of the fish nerds. Spawn early and often. Avoid free lunches with strings attached. And swim against the current every chance you get. <laughs>